Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Today we are wrapping up a series called Financially Free. Somebody say Financially Free. This is the third and final installment. Just to give you a heads up, next week, somebody say next week, we're kicking off a series on the feasts. We go an old school. Now, I'm not talking about fasting. I'm talking about feasting. Come on, somebody. We're going to talk about the feasts, and, uh, and you will not want to miss that. We're going to go through the history of it, the significance of it, and what it speaks to us today. And so we're going to have a good time. When we break bread, how many of you, food is a love language of yours. You speak that language really well. We're going to learn it, so don't miss next week as we kick off that. But I want to wrap up our series, uh, uh, Financially Free. And some, you know, maybe you're here today and this is your first time. Or maybe you're, you're new to Healing Place and you're saying, Pastor, why? Why in today's economy, why would you take three Sundays to even talk about finances. Why do a, a financial series? If you're new, let me just give you some, some context. Healing Place is a generous place. I, I, this has been one of the easiest things for me to do. I know sometimes pastors get a little nervous to talk about money because people get funny. Uh, but in HPC, man, I believe we're talking to generous people. Uh, you have proven that in so many different ways. And I think especially in today's economy, when, when inflation is on the rise and, you know, we're currently in an economic recession and, and groceries are, are so expensive and gas is expensive and, and so many people are feeling the squeeze. I just want to encourage you as your pastor, stay generous in your spirit. Man, trust God with your finances. Don't let the spirit of this world jump on you and create fear. Can I have a good amen? I thought about even this morning, the scripture that God dropped in my heart, Isaiah 32, verse 8. The Bible says, generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. Can I have a better amen? This is a great verse. The heart of the generous, we make plans. Generosity is not accidental. It is intentional. Generous people plan to do what is generous, and then they stand firm in their generosity. In other words, you got to plan for it, and you got to persevere in it. Because God is with us. Regardless of what the economy is doing, we serve a generous God. And so it, I've, I've, the best way to finish this series, and I couldn't wait to get to this installment. Week one, we talked about do not pass go. We, we talked about the grip of greed and, and God giving us freedom in our hearts. If you were here last week, we, we talked about from bankrupt to boardwalk. Uh, we talked about don't let stress Hold your mind hostage, but be free in your mind. We gave you some practical principles of finances. Today, the title of the message is simply this, Banking on the Banker. Banking on the Banker. In Monopoly, the banker has access to all the cash. Can I tell you something about our God? Not only does he have access to it, he owns all of it. Now, let, let, this, we, got, we know this here, 
But church, I want this to drop 18 inches from your head to your heart. Because if you can get revelation of this in your spirit, if your mind is guarded by the peace of God and your heart has the revelation of God, then your hands are free to serve the purposes of God. You ever played Name That Tune? How many old school remember that, that, that game show, Name That Tune? Okay, I, I just, I dated myself, didn't I? Name that tune. I can name that tune in four notes. Then somebody else says, well, I can name it in three notes. I can name it in two. Okay, well, then name that. And then they play the number of notes, and you got to guess what song it is. Okay, I want to do something similar. I'm going to give you three scriptures, and I want you to guess that theme. Are you ready? Psalm 24.1. The Bible says this. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. That's a good verse to memorize. That's a good verse to, to highlight. If you're following along in your Bible, highlight that, underline that, put today's date next to it. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all of its people belong to him. That's the first note, okay? Note number two. Haggai chapter two, verse eight, the Bible says this. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. All the gold belongs to him. All the silver belongs to him. Haggai chapter 2, verse 8. That's the second note in Name That Tune. Here's the third and final note. Let me see if we, if we can figure out what heaven's trying to tell us today. Psalm 50, verse 10. For all the animals of the forest are mine. And I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I love that note. I, in fact, these three notes together are starting to play a song that sounds familiar. Think about it. God owning the cattle on a thousand hills. Now, in ancient days, if you had one cow, you were rich. If you own a herd of cattle, you were filthy rich. But if you own the cattle on a thousand hills, that's bougie at a whole nother level. Come on, are you with me? What do we, what's this song that God is trying to, to get us to hear? He owns everything. It all belongs to him. He's the banker, and the banker will never go broke. Mm, you're not catching this. Like, you see, we are simply stewards. You and I, we own nothing. Uh, let me tell you this. You were created by God for God, and everything you have belongs to God. Now, this is good news. This is good news because our trust and our hope is not in the things of this world. Our trust and hope is in the God who created everything that we see. All the gold belongs to him. All the silver belongs to him. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So why do we worry about stuff? Why do we worry about not having enough? We got a bank on the banker because he never goes broke. Mm, I wish I had a B3 organ playing right now. Mm, mm. Oh, I remember probably two years ago, three years ago. Do y'all ever, if you have a, maybe a stash of food that you don't want anybody to see, 
Y'all have like your hiding places where you hide that stuff? Yeah, some of y'all are afraid to raise your hand right now because you know you're about to be found out. Mama, I can't believe you would hide that in the pantry from me. Well, so look, so uh, several years ago, I remember digging through the fridge. I was hungry. What do we have to eat? And I open up the refrigerator, and I see this to-go box of chicken parmesan, chicken parm from Rafino's. I was like, man, I think I just won the lottery. Man, I heated that thing up, ate it. It was just like heaven in my belly. It, it tasted so good. Well, later that, that, that evening, my oldest daughter, Alexa, came home. She said, she's digging through the fridge. She said, who ate my chicken parm? I was like, that was your, I, I'm so sorry. I, I thought that was fair game. How many of you know that if it's in the fridge, it's fair game? And if I find it and it's not labeled... It's mine. A couple days later, again, digging through the fridge, I open one of the bottom drawers, and I see this juicy, delicious apple. I'm thinking, this is a perfect snack. Cut that apple up, ate it. Alexa comes in saying, who ate my apple? I'm like, oh, no. First the chicken parm, now the apple. So the next day, I walk into the kitchen, and I see a, a whole uh, a, a batch of bananas. Do you call them a batch? What do you call them? A bunch. A bunch of bananas. I see a whole cluster. <laughs> and I go to get a banana, and what was written on the banana is, mine, Alexa. Dad, this means you stay away. And that was written on every single banana. All the bananas had, Dad, this is Alexa's. Stay away. And I thought, wow. You know, there's, there's not a single thing. Think about this. Think about this. God, he owns everything. And there's not a single thing in all of creation that he doesn't look down from heaven and say, mine. It's his. It belongs to him. He created us for his glory. Even the very breath that you breathe is not your own. It's his. Sometimes we struggle with thinking things belong to me. We need to switch seats from owner to steward. Some of you, you need to switch seats. You're in the wrong chair. You're looking at life through the wrong lens. You're seeing as your stuff is yours, and God's saying, no, it's mine. I've put my name on it. The, man, the, the glory and splendor of heaven touches everything on earth, and God's put us here not as owners but as stewards. You see, this whole series, as it relates to, to finances and generosity, God doesn't need anything from you. He wants something for you. Do, do you know that? Do you know that God's not trying to get in your wallet or in your purse? He doesn't need what's in your bank account. Hey, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. All the gold is his. I promise you, he's got more in his account than you'll ever have in your account. God doesn't need anything from us. He wants something for us, and generosity is the way to get it to us. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost on that. Let me tell you something about generosity. Generosity is not, when we think about generosity, sometimes we think in terms of dollars. It has so much more to do with just your stuff. I'm not talking about your money. I'm talking about your time, your talent, your treasure, 
and your touch. Okay, look at, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I want to give you three simple things as it relates to giving and generosity. Again, we talked about freedom in your heart. We're free from the grip of greed. We talked about freedom in your mind. We've got the peace of Jesus. We're not going to be stressed out over finances. Today, it's generosity that flows from your hands. Look at this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Paul says this, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Can I have a good amen? If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, generosity is rooted in gratitude. It's rooted in gratitude. Gratitude is a big deal. Notice what the scripture says. Jesus became poor so that we could become rich. Think about this. Jesus left the glory and the splendor of heaven to enter into the brokenness and the mess of our world. Jesus left a throne to embrace a cross. Jesus left the praises of angels to experience the rejection of men. Come on, this is a big deal. Let's don't get casual or nonchalant when you consider what God gave us. Can I tell you, God gave us heaven's best. When he sent Jesus to earth, he didn't send some hand-me-down, you know, broken angel. It wasn't like he had 12 or 13 or 15 or 20 sons. He had one son. God sent his one and only son. He sent heaven's best to step into our worst. Think of all that Jesus gave up. Well, in obeying his father, he said no to the riches of heaven to say yes to the suffering of our world. He became poor so that we could be rich. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 8, verse 20, that foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man doesn't have any place to even lay his head. Think about the poverty that Jesus embraced. Why did he do it? So that he could give us the riches of heaven. And I wouldn't trade the riches of heaven for all the money this world has to offer. Think about the gifts that God has given you. I think about the cross. I think about salvation. How many of you are grateful, man, that when you say yes to Jesus... Oh, man, he is the solution to all the problems of this world. I'm telling you, you can watch the news, and you can look at what's happening in the world and in the earth and in our culture, even in our own country, and it's easy to get overwhelmed, but thank God for Jesus. Uh, thank God that this world is not my home, man. I'm saved, man. I may be in this world, but I'm not of this world. I know that my God has the final word. Come on, somebody. The last chapter has yet to be executed. It's already been written in the book. It's been determined. We know how this thing's going to end. The gift of, of salvation. I'm thankful for the help of the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful for the peace of Jesus. You know, you can be in the middle of a storm, but the peace of Jesus can guard your heart and your mind. The world around you panicking and going crazy, but God is keeping you in perfect peace. How many of you know salvation is a gift? Peace is a gift. The grace and mercy of God is a gift. How many of you are thankful that you woke up today to brand new mercy? 
Man, when I got up this morning, uh, listen, I pray this every night before I go to bed. Here's part of what I pray. Before I lay my head on my pillow, I say, Lord, if you wake me up tomorrow, I promise you won't regret it. And then when I wake up in the morning and my feet hit the floor, you know what my first thought is? God, you did your part. Now help me to do mine. New mercy, new grace. Every single day, his mercies are new. And now listen, let me ask you this. If God has given us all of these gifts, don't you think it makes sense to be a giver? If we live by God's gifts, we got to be givers because God wasn't stingy when it came to mercy. He wasn't stingy when it came to forgiveness. Man, the Bible says that he, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, why are we grateful? We're not grateful because everything is good. We're grateful because we, we can see the good in everything. Do you see the difference? This is such an important part of this, this thought on generosity. Generosity is rooted in gratitude. You know the number one way to increase your capacity to give is to just be thankful. If you'll think, Don't think about it in terms of money because I know the heart of, of our church is to give and we're looking for ways to expand and increase. How can we give more? How, how can we serve more? How can we do more? If you want to increase your capacity to be generous, think about everything you're thankful for. Over my sabbatical, I read uh, uh, several books and one of the books that I read was Letters and Papers from Prison uh, by Diedrich Bonhoeffer. Diedrich Bonhoeffer was a, a German theologian during the times of World War II, and he stood against uh, Hitler and Nazi Germany, stood up for the Jews, and, and it ended up costing him his life. He spent the last two years of his life in prison, and while he was in prison those two years, they collected all the letters and the papers that he wrote, and they put them in a book. And I read that book during my sabbatical. And one of the things that Dietrich said in this compilation of his work, and I want to read this to you. I think this is powerful. He said, while he was in prison, uh, waiting to be executed, he said this, it's a strange feeling to be so completely dependent on other people. But at least it teaches me to be grateful. In ordinary life, we hardly realize that we receive a great deal more than we give. And listen to this. This was life-changing for me. He said, it is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. It's very easy to overestimate the importance of our own achievements in comparison with what we owe to others. It is only in gratitude that life becomes rich. Generosity is rooted in gratitude. How many of you know you can't outgive God? You can't do it. I mean, all that God gave us, I gave you a list. Think about salvation and grace and mercy and peace and the help of the Holy Spirit. We didn't even talk about health and strength in your body. We didn't even talk about your family and friends. We didn't talk about the ability to worship openly. We hadn't talked about all the favor that God's put on. I mean, if you begin to list everything he's done for you, how many of you know that you can never pay God back for what he's given you? You just can't outgive God. So why would we, why would we be stingy? Oh my goodness. How many know stingy people are stuffy people? 
Ho, how many don't like to hang out with stingy people? Man, no, 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 no. Keep your selfishness to your, don't let that jump on me. You you wanna go to lunch with, with stingy people? If a stingy person asks you to go to lunch, no, because you know you're, you're, it's going to be you. You're, you're going to pay in for it. I want to go to lunch with generous people. You know why? Because they fight over the check. Come on, somebody. No, let me do this. I got this, Pastor. You got last time. And you know what? They got last time like the last 12 times. You see, the stingy people are stuffy people, but generous people are joyful people. Mm-mm-mm. When I think about everything God's done for me, I get excited about what he wants to do through me. Now it's my turn to bless some. I've been so blessed. God, you've been so good to me. And if you never did another thing, I'm telling you, if God never blessed me with another thing in my life, I've already received way more than I could ever give. Man, I'm preaching myself happy. Number one, Generosity is rooted in gratitude. Number two, generosity is an eternal investment. Now, notice what 1 Timothy 6, 17, Paul says this. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Can somebody say amen? Oh, man. If we're trusting in the stock market, (laughs) you're going to gain 200 points and you're going to lose 300 points. You're going to be up one day and down the next. It's so unreliable. Don't trust in your money, Paul said, which is so unreliable. But your trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Now listen, God's going to give you everything you need. That's coming from the banker. You can take that to the bank. He's going to give you everything you need for your enjoyment. Look what it says, verse 18. Tell them to use their money, how? To do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. You see, generosity is an eternal investment. Here's what I've discovered in all my years of walking with the Lord and how I've been taught what the scripture says about giving. The seed that leaves my hand will never leave my life, but it will find its way into my future. Whatever you have given, whether it's money, whether it's clothing, whether it's a meal, whether it's time, whether it's acts of kindness, whatever you have given, it never, when it leaves your hand, it doesn't leave your life, but it's planted into your future. You are sowing a seed today that you will one day see the fruit of that in your tomorrow. Now, it may not be days or weeks or months. Maybe it's years. Maybe, watch this, you may be giving here on earth, and you won't see the fruit of that until you get to heaven. But see, God blesses us not to raise our standard of living, but to raise our standard of giving. Come on, are you with me? Now, we're fixing to get quiet up in here. HPC, we believe in the principle of the tithe. We believe the scripture talks about 
tithing. You say, Mike, what is that tithe? I remember Joyce Meyer saying one time that somebody sent her ministry a box of detergent. Tithe, T-I-D-E. Because she was talking about, you know, you give the tithe and God's going to bless your life. And so she didn't know what it was. So she took some tithe detergent and mailed it to Joyce Meyer Ministries. I'm not talking about tithe, but God does want you to have clean clothes, all right? Wash your clothes. It's good. Make sure your heart's clean too. Tithe, T-I-T-H-E. The Bible talks about it. It's, it's a tenth. In other words, the scripture teaches that when God brings resource into our stewardship, that not all of that belongs to us, that 10% of that, well, in fact, 100% of it is God's, he gives us the opportunity to return 10% to him. Here's what the scripture says in Malachi 3, verse 10. Bring all the tithes, somebody say tithe, not detergent, bring all the, bring the 10% of your earnings, of your increase into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. Now, watch this. Watch the promise that's associated with this command. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to even take it in. And then he says, try it, exclamation point. Put me to the test, exclamation point. Do you know the Bible says that you are not supposed to test God? Don't you tempt him, don't you test him, except this is the one place in scripture where God says, put me to the test. It's when it comes to money, he says, try this. Try, put me to the test. Now here's the beauty of this principle. If you obey God in your finances, okay? If you, now, tithing is not a tax, okay? Let's get this out of our mind. You're not being taxed for being a follower of Jesus. This is a test. Can you trust God? Can you trust God in your, oh, you trust him with your eternal salvation. Can you trust him with your pocketbook? Here's the beauty of this principle. When you obey God with your money, then all of the outcomes rest upon him. When you do your part, then you say, okay, now let me watch God do his part. You see, there's this, let me see if I can put it this way. When you tithe, you're saying, Lord, I'm in covenant with you. And I trust you to take care of me. When you don't tithe, you're saying, Lord, don't need your help. I can figure this thing out on my own. How many of you, you want to be in covenant relationship with God as it relates to your resources? Man, if I'm, if I'm doing what God has described, you say, well, Mike, wait a second. Malachi, that's an Old Testament scripture. I'm not an Old Testament Christian. I'm a New Testament believer. You know what the New Testament said? Give it all. Isn't that right? Y'all were here three weeks ago. Remember we talked about the rich young ruler? Come on now. You're like, some of you like, ooh, wow, I may like that Old Testament a little bit better. <sighs> Old Testament's just 10%. Jesus said, hey, lay down your nets, forsake all, and follow me. Mm -hmm. I knew you wouldn't like this. I knew you wouldn't like it. Listen to what this... This lady from LCIW, she sent me this letter recently 
she said this, Dear Pastor Haman, I send greetings to you and my family at Healing Place Church, which I love that. I love that they consider us family. She says, I want to thank all of Healing Place Prayer Warriors for praying on my behalf and for all the prayer requests that we've sent on the behalf of others. Enclosed is my tithe check, $63. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. May God, my Father, bless you. And Pastor, your preaching is down to earth, and you have no problem stepping on toes when it comes to the Word of God. <laughs> kind of like in moments like this, huh? I want to praise and thank God above for allowing your ministry to extend to the female population at LCIW. Your leaders, Mike Davis and Ann Morrow, along with their volunteers, continue to bless all of us. Listen to this. It blesses our soul that your staff treats us as normal human beings. May God continue to shine upon you and your family and all the members of HPC. This lady understands, even at LCIW, in a place of restriction and confinement, she understands that her life is a stewardship. And whatever comes within her care, she honors God with it. Now, you know, some people struggle giving God 10%, but they have no issue giving Visa 19 and 20%. <laughs> Woo. Oh, Lord. I did. I said it. I said it. <laughs> I'm stepping on toes. She got it right. But listen, again, the preacher's not trying to get in your pocketbook. It's God that wants your heart. And I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. And I know that generosity is the way that God opens the windows of heaven to pour out a blessing upon your life that you can't even receive it. See, generosity, it's not a tax but it's an eternal investment. Let me give you this final thought. Number three, and I want to ask the band, band to come up and join me. Number three, generosity produces joy in me. Joy. Look at what the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, and not out of necessity. Why? For God loves a cheerful giver. Man, there is something about giving that stirs up joy within the heart of a believer. I love the way I feel when I give. I love it. I love it. Now, sometimes it is a step of faith. But I have never given anything and regretted it afterwards. I've not given some stuff before and then carried tremendous regret. Said, Lord, give me another chance. Give me another chance. And you know what? Thank God that he does. But giving produces joy. Why is that? Because giving reflects the heart of God. John 3, 16, the Bible says what? For God so loved the world that he God loved, and so what did he do? Now listen, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Say, so Mike, what do you mean? That utility bill. When you wrote that check for your utility bill, you gave. 
Was there any love attached to that at all? No. Oh, man. April 15th. <laughs> Tax day. <sighs> Bless God. You can give without loving, but it's impossible to love and not give. Man, when you truly love what you need, baby, what, what, what you need, how can I help you? How, how are we with our children? How are we with our grandkids? Yeah, there's a reason why God waited to give you grandkids. Because you can't tell those grandkids no. Listen, if we have that capacity to love so much that it motivates us to give, how much more does your heavenly Father? When you and I give, the DNA of God Almighty is stirred within us. I think we are most like God when we give. Generosity is the language of heaven. And when we speak that language here on earth, we're connected to a dialect in heaven that resonates with all eternity. And I'm not just talking about your money. I'm talking about your time, your talent, oh, your touch. God, there's so much more inside of us. And I love that about you. This is a giving church. This is a generous house. Mark Ammons, back in the cafe, he, he sent me a text a couple weeks ago, and he said, this just blessed me so much, but one of our volunteers told me that for the next $3,500 of customers, everything's free. Everything's free. For I, I'm gonna, the next $3,500 that are spent in, in this cafe is on me. Can I tell you, there's not a single Sunday that goes by that, that something hasn't been given away in that cafe. Somebody, you're, you're, some of you have gotten coffee before, and you stepped up to pay it, and guess what? Somebody already paid it. And then you said, you know what? I want to pay it forward. And that thing keeps happening again and again and again. See, listen, the seed that leaves your hand never leaves your life, but it's planted into your future. Don't let the spirit of this world suffocate you and strangle you and cause you to walk in fear and doubt and uncertainty. God, we're going to be generous people. The Bible says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. I'm believing increase for you. In an economy that's crazy right now, I'm speaking over your life the favor of God, you're going to live large. Hear me, hear me. I'm not saying living crazy. Listen to last, last week's message. We talked about budgets, right? We talked about responsibility. But you're going to live large in a season of lack. And living large is not about what you give, but it's what you release. It's not about what you possess, but it's what you steward and you sow into somebody else's life. Amen. Do you receive that today? Put your hands together if you believe that. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.